You're listening to Dystopia Radio, presenting radio plays of the future with warnings. about a really unique gift of original art on home decor products. You know, a clock, a pillow, a tote bag, something of that nature would be fantastic with some lovely art. Please visit www.mpirshop.com. That's mpirshop.com. Various designs of original art placed on the various home decor products. Again, that's www.mpirshop.com. That's mpirshop.com. If Freedom Fails. We'd like to take you on a visit to a town that doesn't exist. A town we call Springfield, USA. We'd like to show you how things would be in any American town if communism took over. This is the story of a man who held a high government office in a country of freedom-loving people. John McIntyre plays the part of Governor John Goodwin in Suicide by Order. Yes? Dr. Shea is here to see you. Oh, good. Send him right in. Well, come in, Wayne. What brings you here so early today? John, what in the world are you trying to do? Well, that's a fine greeting. What do you mean? You know very well what I mean. A speech on the radio last night. I'd be perfectly willing to wager that the remarks you made were not in the approved copy of your speech. Uh, you'd win your bet. You don't know the things they wanted me to say. They're outrageous. I wouldn't even consider following that line. It can cause a lot of trouble, John, even though you're still governor. <laughs> still governor. That's a big help. And as for my powers, I haven't originated one piece of approved legislation since they took over. All they do is push bills at me to sign. Now, that's another thing, your refusal to sign their edicts. John, the governors of almost every other state have been removed from office. You know that. And each state has become a separate province with its own commissar. Now, that can happen here, too. Wayne, do I hear right? Are you implying that I cooperate with these people, carry out their, their, their edicts without any reference to the people or our legislature? Well, call it what you want. You can't fight this thing by being bullheaded. As far as the legislature is concerned, it may as well adjourn. Everything pertaining to law is coming from the action committee, anyhow. If we can bide our time, maybe someday... Bide our time, someday. I'm doing my fighting now. Do you think they can walk in and trample all over us? Am I supposed to sign my name while I'm blindfolded? The bills will go into effect anyhow. Uh, that's exactly what I mean. 
may write a law, put it into effect, and then come to me for a signature. Why do they bother? Anyone with half a brain would know that I would never condone the issuance of such orders if I didn't have to. That's just the point. You do have to. Yes. Yes, I do. They've started with the threats. Threats? Yes. If I don't sign this or that law, they say they'll make it more stringent and put it into effect anyhow. Oh, good morning, Mr. Collin. Or rather, Comrade Collin, do come in. Goodwin, you've done a very serious thing. Your speech last night, I warned you. Governor Goodwin, if you please. Governor Goodwin, if I please. Well, I don't please. You've caused a great deal of trouble for me and yourself. Your original speech had been approved by the Ministry of Information. Why did you deviate from it? Did I deviate? I warn you to watch your step, Goodwin. Those remarks you made, proud to be an American citizen, react in a democratic manner. You have been told, as have your people, communism is the only democracy. History has proved it. Perhaps you have some testimonials to that claim from Siberia? Dr. Shea, you're a man of fair intelligence. I suggest that you try to impress upon your friend the importance of cooperating with us. The consequences of resistance can be very unpleasant. He was pretty upset. Yes, he was. How far do you think you can go with him? I'm going to fight him every step of the way. I will not be a party. Yes? The lieutenant governor, uh, Mr. Wilson is here, sir. Show him in. That's strange. I wonder what Wilson wants. Good morning, Wayne. Doctor? Good morning. What can I do for you, Tom? I'll come right to the point. It's about those bills you've been signing. You know, of course, that they've been a direct cause of trouble for the citizens. Go on. One freedom after another is being trampled underfoot. Now I understand you have a new law, something about the newspapers. Yes, I have. It's here on my desk now. If you will both excuse me, I'd like to say something. Now, Tom, you're going to cause trouble for yourself and for John by coming here. It was because of your idiotic behavior that you were removed from the office of Lieutenant Governor. That's exactly what I mean. One morning I walk into my office and I've learned that I've resigned. What kind of methods are those? That is why I'm opposed to cooperating with these, these, these people in any manner whatsoever. What is this new bill? The Ministry of Information has taken over all newspapers. Or rather, it allocates the newsprint supply. You're not going to sign it. Of course he's going to sign it. Why do you persist in knocking your head against the wall? What else can he do? He must sign it. It's, it's treason. Freedom of the press is periled. Tom, Tom, do you think for one minute it would make any difference whether or not I signed this order or any of the orders? It would mean trouble for me, my staff, even you and Wayne. You're a traitor. A traitor to the American people. Tom, you're out of your mind. You're a disgrace to your office. I'm ashamed of my association with you. Good evening. Hello, Clara. Good evening. Thanks a lot for inviting us over, Clara. Nice to see you again. Well, I thought you two old bachelors might like a home-cooked dinner. You're late. Well, we just came from Tom Wilson. He's in pretty bad shape. After he got the news that John had signed the new labor bill, he almost went out of his mind. I had to give him a couple of shots to quiet him. Oh, that poor man. Oh, it's his own fault. And he'll pull out of it. Excuse me. Hello? Yes, he's here. Just a moment. John, it's for you. No, Hello? What? Why, no, come to think of it, I haven't seen him all day. 
Yes, I think I know why. I'll try to find out what I can. Yes, I'll call you as soon as I get any information. Bye. Well, heading close to home now. What is it? Jeffrey, Speaker of the House, he was at the meeting yesterday when we were presented with that labor bill. He's the only one that refused to sign it. What happened to him? I don't know. That was his wife. He hasn't been seen since he left the meeting yesterday afternoon. And I refuse to discuss the subject anymore. Good day. I beg your pardon, stupid. Oh, hello, Wayne. Sit down. Colin was certainly leaving in a hurry. What'd you find out? Not a thing. You, uh, you think Jeffries is dead? What else? Missing for over a week. No letter, no phone call, didn't take any clothes. He was on the way home from his office and just disappeared. Yes? Mr. Wilson is here to see you. Wilson? Send him in. That fool. I specifically told him to remain in bed. Why, the man's on the verge of a nervous collapse. Wait till I... Uh, Come in, Tom. Well... You fixed things up beautifully, haven't you? Sit down, Tom. Where's Jeffries? Where is he? Tom, you shouldn't be out of bed. He's dead. That's where he is. He's dead. And it's all your fault. If you stood by him. But no, you sign everything. Bow down to them. Tom, you're a sick man. Now, come on. Sit down. Don't touch me. Traitors, all of you. Why don't you fight them? Why don't you... Well, I warned him. You'd better call an ambulance. What a terrible, terrible thing. Yes, it's pretty bad. Wayne had him moved to the hospital. The way he was raving... I hope you... Well, you know that ordinarily he wouldn't say those things. Yes, yes, of course. Ever since they moved him out of office, he's been getting worse. He hasn't had to cope with them day after day as I have. All he's had time to do is to think of the injustice of it all. He wants to fight. And what is there to fight? And what good? I know. Wayne should be here soon. I'll... I'll go fix some coffee. Wait a minute, Clara. There's something else. Yes, John? Clara, we've postponed, or rather, I've postponed our wedding three, four times now. Yes, I know. The reason for that has nothing to do with how I feel about you. In fact, it's because I love you that I haven't married you. I'm afraid I don't understand, John. Well, there have been cases you haven't heard about them. People who resisted Colleen in the government. Why do you suppose some of them finally gave in? I think I begin to see. Sometimes only a threat against a wife or children has been necessary. In other cases, there have been disappearances. You think they'd take it out on me for for something you did or didn't do? I know they would. I don't even want them to know we're engaged. Oh, John, why can't we get out of here? Go to some country that's still free. You could fight from there and I could... I'm sorry, John. I'm going to stay here as long as it's humanly possible to put up with these demons. I think I can do more here than I could anyplace else. At least that's the way I feel for the present. Maybe something will... That must be the doctor. Oh, hello, Clara. Oh, good evening, doctor. Good evening, John. You look pretty low. How's Wilson? He'll pull through nerves. Pretty much unstrung, but physically he's all right. Well, you better stick pretty close to him. He may have a turn for the worse by tomorrow. You anticipating trouble? Yes, I don't know what's up, but I meet with Colin in the morning, and I'll wager it isn't going to be good. Order! Order, I 
be quiet, please, gentlemen. We'll never get anywhere this way. We have only a few minutes before Colleen gets here. Let's take these things one at a time. I don't even know what this meeting has been called for. I'll tell you why. I reported to my office this morning and found a stranger sitting at my desk in my office. He had the effrontery to ask me if I had an appointment. I think I know what this means. Go on. He said he was the new minister of agriculture. That the people had demanded my removal because of my activity against the interests of the state. When I protested, I was thrown out bodily. Bodily picked up by two two policemen and physically ejected from the Capitol building. Same thing happened to me. Gentlemen, please, please order. I, I'm afraid there's not much we can do about this. I've protested every single bill and every appointment that's come through here, but it's always the same thing. Action against your families or against your friends, and if that fails, well, we all know what happened to Jeffries, or rather we don't know. I suggest you... Oh, won't you come in, Mr. Collie? What are you people doing here? You're without official standing in this state. Get out. Get out before I have you arrested for trespassing. Traitors. Saboteurs. You'd better leave, gentlemen. Apparently, you already know what's happened. Yes, I know. But I'm not sure I believe it. I suggest you learn to believe. Here, sign this. What is it this time? It's a certification of the new cabinet for the state... It announces the successes to office. Mr. Carlin, while I know I'm wasting my time talking Watch to you... Watch yourself, Mr. Good. I would nevertheless like to point out that almost all of these offices are elective. Do you understand what that means? Elective? Elected by the people. Not appointed by you or me or anyone else. My signature on this paper would mean absolutely nothing to the people. You'll sign it anyhow. Besides, the men whose names are there as replacements are already in office. I was about to mention that myself. You know, of course, that... Uh, we will have admissions of guilt from the former office holders very soon. Even now, we're preparing a formal list of charges for release to the citizens. I thought it was the citizens who had demanded the removal of these men. When the confessions of malfeasance of office have been signed, and rest assured they will be signed, we'll post them with this official announcement. And if you don't sign... If I don't sign, there will be bloodshed. My friends will suffer because they will come into conflict with the police. If I do sign, there will be those who will say I succumb to threats that I betrayed my people. You're thinking too much of your former aide, Wilson. He's insane. He's the only person in the whole state structure who has had any real objection to the new government. And don't be affected by the opinion of a crazy man. Why do you even bother to bring these things to me for signature at all? Sign. No. What? I said no. I won't sign it. Perhaps I can change your mind. Give me police headquarters. There's going to be bloodshed anyhow. I can no longer be a party to... Yes. Colin speaking. Have you picked them up yet? You have both Dr. Shea and Miss Lyons in custody. Good. Hold them until you hear from me. Tara and Wayne in jail? Yes. Why? Why? What have they done? We haven't decided yet. We'll think of something. We've heard they've been guilty of action inimical to the interests of the state. Right now, our evidence is shaky. It is possible we could even be wrong. You could convince me. How? Sign. are listening to Suicide by Order, a story of the way things could be if communism took over. 
a picture of what life would be like under a communist regime in an ordinary American town, a town we call Springfield, USA. And confessions are expected momentarily from the remaining criminals. Meanwhile, the new officers have taken office by order of Governor John Goodwin, the governor who early today signed the affidavit accusing the former office holders of malfeasance of office indicated that he is very confident that the affairs of state under the new members will herald a new day of freedom and that... I think they've distorted the facts a bit. We all know that, John. But nevertheless, the bill bears my signature. You shouldn't have let them threaten you. I mean, with Wayne and me. We'd have been all right. How did they find out about us, you and me? I've tried to conceal our relationship in every possible manner. Only you and I and Wayne knew. And Earl Parnas. Earl Parnas? You mean the one who was in our motor vehicle department? Yes. You remember he was removed because of his activity report by the Un-American Committee. Oh, yes, but... Uh, He's what? working for them now. He was down at the police station, one of their agents. He was gloating about his new position in the state police setup, the MVD. <laughs> if this weren't so outrageous, it would be funny. What do you mean? Police, MVD, Motor Vehicle Department. <laughs> Have you heard from Wayne yet? Oh, he called this morning. I don't know where he is. Have you got your instructions straight for tonight? Yes, I'm all packed. One small suitcase, as you told me. Well, tell me what you're to do. You will go home early tonight. I will put out all the lights as though going to bed. At 1.30 in the morning, a car will pull into the driveway. I will go to wherever the driver takes me. Oh, John, can't you tell me where it is? No, go on. Oh, John, they found out... Come in, you frightened doctor pounding on the door. John, Wilson just tried to commit suicide. What? Oh. Yeah, he heard the report over the radio about the bill you signed. He jumped out of a window in his apartment building. He's badly hurt. That fool, that stupid, idiotic fool, jumping out of a window is an act of a, of a neurotic. Only a demented person would try such a thing. And it appeared he was recovering, too. Suicide doesn't absolve one of his responsibilities. It's a very poor escape. Besides, he chose a stupid way to go about it. There's no guarantee of success. If a person feels he must do away with himself, he should use a gun or, or poison. John, what a peculiar way to talk. Don't mind what John says. I've been his doctor for more than 20 years. He's always been afraid of pain. John would naturally think of a painless way to die. If he was thinking of dying, which I don't think he is. It's getting late. Yes, yes, of course. W would you drive me home, Wayne? Sure. Glad to. See you tomorrow, Clara. I... Yes, I'll see you tomorrow. This is the first time in the history of the state police that a person has disappeared without their knowledge. Now, how is it possible? Have you been asleep? No, they've been watched every minute. We know she was home the night before last. Both Dr. Shea and the governor were there. They left together and the girl retired. How do you know? Why, she put out all the lights. As always, my man watched the house for an hour afterwards. Then what did he do? Why, he went home, I guess. Parnas, you have committed a terrible blunder. There is no room here for guessing. You'll find out what happened to the girl and bring me a report on Goodwin and Shea within the next 24 hours. I'll try, sir. You'll succeed. And if you should by some chance fail. I understand. I will find out. Where are they now? The governor and the doctor started out in the car this morning. They're being followed. Where are they going? The governor's secretary, one of my employees, said they were just going for a short ride. 
to relax. I suppose you notice we're being followed. Of course. What was so urgent? Why couldn't we meet in your office? And where in the world is Clara? Have they... No, no, no. She's safe, thank God. Safe where? The other night when you were with us, the night Wilson tried to kill himself, I arranged for her to fly out of the country. I just got word this morning she made it safely. I'm surprised she'd go without you. I told her I'd join her as soon as I could. That's what I want to talk to you about. But why here? Well, I can't risk using the office. I think they're after me now. I've served my purpose. I can do no more good, either for them or for our own people. I'm leaving the country tomorrow. I want you to go with me. But how? You're watched every minute. I have a plan. We must work fast. No packing, no change in routine. Well, this afternoon, I'm going downstate to welcome some new official. I probably won't be back tonight. Now, tomorrow morning, I'll phone you at your office at 7 o'clock and ask you to come over to examine me for some illness. Yeah. But don't come to my house. That will be your signal to get into your car and drive to a field outside of the city. Here. I've drawn out the route. Now, memorize it and then burn it. Then what? When you get there, I'll be waiting with a plane. Don't contact me anymore from now on, even by telephone. Should the plan fail and I don't bring you tomorrow, come and see me as usual later in the morning. What is it you have to do this afternoon? Oh, it's some new commissar or something. I'm driving to Midland with Colin. It's only about 70 miles from here. It's almost time to get started. You, you better head back toward the capital. Remember, 7 o'clock tomorrow morning at your office. <laughs> Dr. Shea, you startled me. You're here early. Yes, good morning, nurse. I, uh, I had some case histories to check. Do you have the time? I think our office clock is fast. No, it's the same time I have. Five minutes to eight. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Something wrong, doctor? No, no, I... Uh... We have an early patient. Come in. A nurse. What do you want? Oh, nothing, nothing. Just wondered if you'd heard the news. Oh, don't be cryptic. What do you want? Oh, you haven't heard then. Your friend, Governor Goodwin, he committed suicide last night, jumped from a window. You're insane. No. Now you'll find that I'm perfectly normal. You ought to come with me to party headquarters. Now. I still don't believe it. It's impossible. Are you inferring that something else caused the death? That can be very dangerous, you know. Dangerous? What else can they do? What can you do that hasn't already been done? If you want to find out, try once more to escape from this country. Escape? When? Uh, how did you know? Oh, we know. We have ways. So you better watch your step, Dr. Shea. And in the face of that, you still expect me to believe Governor Goodwin committed suicide. Frankly, I don't care what you think. As long as my duties are satisfactory, I... Yes? Oh, yes, Mr. Collin. Yes, he's here. For you, Dr. Shea. Yes? Oh, hello. Yeah, Mr. Panas informed me. Terrible thing. And I may as well tell you, too, that I don't believe he committed suicide. And I have several reasons for thinking what I think. As his doctor, I'd like to attend the post-mortem. And I understand I need your permission. Thank you. When will it be? Fifteen minutes. But you're 70 miles away from here. I could never... Oh, yes, yes. That's up to me. I understand. Perfectly. 
Come in. Good evening, Dr. Shea. Good evening. Dr. Shea, we noticed you were missing from Governor Goodwin's funeral yesterday. How do you explain this? I have no explanation. I just didn't go. Many of your countrymen are talking. It seems that you're misinformed about the cause of his death. Whether or not there is doubt in your mind, uh, you must not contradict the findings of the State Commission. After all, you weren't even at the post-mortem. And you know why I wasn't there. Now, although we are certain of our findings, <clears throat> there is uh, one thing we would like to ask you, Dr. Shea. Do you think he committed suicide because his cabinet resigned, because of their lack of faith in him? Let me ask you something. Do you think I'm stupid enough to be trapped by a question like that? What do you mean? I mean that Governor Goodwin did not commit suicide. Then, of course, you think his death was accidental. No. Then? Murder. Cold, calculated murder. By whom? That is something I don't think I will ever know. Dr. Shea, I've given you credit for being a sensible man. Your actions up to now have been harmless to the state. However, you have been spreading many of these lies to the people. Your stupid assumption that Goodwin was murdered is without foundation. It's odd you don't ask me my reasons. Are you afraid? What are these reasons, Dr. Shea? Well, first of all, there's one thing we've already touched upon, the post-mortem. The police, the servants, everybody knew I was Goodwin's physician. Yet not only was I not called to the scene of his death, but I was prevented from attending the post-mortem examination. I was not even asked to sign his death certificate. Your doctor Hayjack did that. The first lie. You were called for the post-mortem. Yes, 15 minutes before it took place, 75 miles from here. Is that all? Three days before his death, John had Clara Lyons sent out of the country. He told her that he would follow as soon as he could. They were to be married immediately. I ask you, would a man as deeply in love as he was, a man who was going to get married, want to kill himself? These reasons are without you any fault. also know that Goodwin planned to leave the country with me. The night he was killed, he was still making plans to go. He told me to be ready at 7 o'clock the next morning. It is not logical he should kill himself the same night. Perhaps something happened to something make him. Something did happen, but he didn't change his mind. You see, another reason I know that he would not commit suicide by jumping from a window is that he was deathly afraid of pain. Afraid of pain? Last week, when Wilson tried to commit suicide by jumping out of a window, John was horrified. I recall he said it would be preferable to use poison or a gun. He carried a gun with him. Why didn't he use it? Stupid reasoning. I was Goodwin's doctor for more than 20 years. The simple pain of a hypodermic needle terrified him. Many years ago, he was scalded by hot water and has since had an abnormal fear of it. He had an automobile accident once and was hurt. He refused ever again to ride in the same car. And at his request, I've been furnishing him with sleeping tablets for over a year. He always carried a supply with him, 50 or 60. Surely he would use these if he'd have wanted to. Dr. Shea, if you're finished... I'm not finished. Normally, people who commit suicide leave letters behind. He had two sisters living outside this country. A woman whom he loved and was to marry. Many close friends, including myself. And yet not a single letter or note has been found. You have witnesses to all this, of course. As a matter of fact, there are witnesses. But you'll never know who they are. Isn't it true that his body was clad only in pajamas? He wore no slippers or robe? Wouldn't he have been more fully dressed? Unless he had been dragged from his bed. Who told you this? Isn't it true that shots were heard during the night? And isn't it true that four, four, Comrade Collins, four coffins were removed from the house before the Communist Medical Commission arrived? Is it possible that Goodwin managed to do some eliminating of his own before he 
committed suicide? And isn't it also true... Stop, that's enough. Put us! Yes, comrade. This man is under arrest. Take him away. You have just heard a story of what happens to a man of state under a communist regime. You have just heard what would happen to any American statesman if communism took over. You think this could not happen? It did happen in the communist-dominated country of Czechoslovakia. It did happen to Prime Minister Jan Masaryk. On March 10, 1948, Jan Masaryk died. The communist of Czechoslovakia declared his death suicide. Dr. Oskar Klinger, personal physician to Jan Masaryk, escaped to tell the true story. Dr. Klinger says Masaryk was murdered. Listening to If Freedom Failed, starring John McIntyre as Governor Goodwin in Suicide by Order. Charlie Lung was Dr. Shea and Jack Crucian, Mr. Callan. Completing the cast were Donald Morrison, Virginia Agnello, Bob Bruce, Eddie Marr, Lamont Johnson, and Donna Hainer. Music was composed by Earl Lawrence with musical direction by Michelle Perrier. Suicide by Order was written for If Freedom Failed by Henry Covell, produced and directed by Will Scott. Sergeant Lloyd Iyer speaking. This program has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.